It's show 76 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, Michael Lenhard of National Record Centers and the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What I know is that the staff at O'Neill are committed to your success. Salespeople, management, technical support, customer service, and the research and development team, they're all working together to support your RIM service business. You can learn more about O'Neill at O'NeillSoft.com. Hey, it's Valentine's Day, and this is our special. Well, it's not really Valentine's Day, but we're anticipating Valentine's Day, so... Here we go. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me, and we're back. And as I said a few seconds ago, it's the Valentine's Day prep show. What that means, really, I don't know. I don't plan on any grand romantic gestures during the show. I do want to say how much I love doing the show every week. I love all the great people in this rim industry, and my goal each week is to share their really cool stories. And if you've missed the last few weeks, be sure to check those out. Last week, Marvin Parker of DocuSafe, great show. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Brad McDonald of Tape Track in Australia, tape only, enterprise, and a, a great story there. Renee Keener of American Document Securities and how she started that on 9-11 and uh, really a wonderful story. All of these are great stories, so be sure to listen to some of the old shows and check them out. Hey, this week, another industry titan, Michael Lenhard. Michael is president and CEO of National Record Centers. If you don't know who NRC is, they're an alliance of affiliates and agents who work together to provide RIM services to national or local accounts where there's more than one record center and they work together. But I'm going to get him to explain that more on the show today. As someone who has a unique perspective on the industry, I'm really looking forward to the conversation I'm going to have with him today. But before I get Michael on the line, let's catch up on the latest industry news from the week. Acquisitions continue to happen. Yep, Cornerstone just announced the acquisition of Brazos Record Storage in College Station, Texas. This is Cornerstone's 26th acquisition and third in the greater Houston region. Uh, sad to see Vance Goss go, but congrats to Vance on the sale of his business and to Steve Sisney and the Cornerstone team on this, their latest acquisition. A couple of conferences looming on the horizon to remind you of. PRISM's Asia-Pacific Regional Conference in Vanilla. Vanilla. <laughs> PRISM's Asia-Pacific Regional Conference happening in Manila in the Philippines will be held Feb 27th to 29th. Jim Teske, Ian Thomas, uh, Jim Booth, and William Yu, as well as a number of other people, will all be presenting at the conference. A few days later is the 
uh, Asia Pacific Region Fundamentals of Imaging Workshop also to be held there. It's like John Becker and Gail Bisbee are on the slate for that program. And then March 30th through April 1st, this is exciting. This is the NAID Annual Conference and Exposition. I'm pretty excited about this show as I'm delivering one of the keynote addresses at the conference. And along with that keynote, I'll be launching my new book. So I'm going to tell you more about that probably in the shows ahead, but I am excited about that and I'd love to see you there. Uh, I know that the hotel rate is good till the end of the month, so if you're going, make sure you get yourself registered. I think it's going to be a great show. On another note, Permastore has just launched its latest line of turtle cases. These new cases are American Transportation Association certified waterproof. Way to go. This is cool. These airtight and waterproof cases come in three models, small, medium, and large, with the small holding approximately 10 tapes and the large holding up to 40 tapes and those can be constructed obviously differently if you're throwing hard drives in there in the small you might only get uh, four or five I think in the large one obviously a lot more Alan O'Regan VP of sales suggested that they've already had enough pre-orders on this new line to increase their forecast by 30 percent so congratulations to Permastore on this new product launch PHS Data Shred, which is a fairly large UK document destruction firm, is investing another 1.2 million pounds in brand new shred equipment. Not only does this investment include plant-based equipment at their London and Manchester shredding depots, it includes four new MDX trucks from ShredTech in Canada, which is also pretty cool news for ShredTech. Uh, based on the uh, data sh PHS Data Shred press release, these are the first MDX trucks to actually be shipped internationally outside of North America. So congrats to both companies on this significant purchase. Well, that's all the news I have in RIM this week. If you have news to share, I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to get Michael Lenhardt on the phone. Hang on for a second. Here we go. <laughs> Michael Leonard is president and CEO at National Record Centers, Inc. Uh, Mike, are you on the line? Uh, yeah. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good. It's uh, great to have you on the Rim Pro Report. I know you've been uh, working hard at NRC for, I think it must be a year and a half now, and I feel like it's uh, finally time to have you on the show, and I appreciate you being willing to take the time to uh, talk to us today. No problem. So I'm pretty sure everyone knows what NRC is and does in the world, but on the faint chance that there's people on the call who don't, can you give us an explanation of what is National Record Centers and what is it you actually do? National Record Centers, um, it's a, it, it originally was formed out of a consortium of companies uh, that was, was created back in the mid-'90s during the... Uh, you know, the roll-up period when a couple of the national players that went public uh, were rolling up the industry. And the independents, right. you know, they needed uh, the ability to compete in, in, on a national basis. Right. Sort of, you know, as a protective thing, defend their customer base and, and, and expand their business. So that kind of morphed into what National Record Centers is today back in 99. It was uh, formed into a C-Corp and uh, staff was hired and Really, what we do is we provide, you know, through our membership, we provide a, a mechanism for an individual member to sell a, an account on a national basis. So, uh, 
they've got a current customer that's got multiple locations. They can, they can through NRC, write a, a national contract, you know, one contract, one pricing structure nationally, one invoice to the customer, and, and provide, you know, uh, basically national service, but on a local level. And that, right. that's sort of the, that's sort of the, the, the key of National Record Centers is we provide the local service level that you typically can't get from a large multinational company. That's where we, we kind of uh, pride ourselves in that ability to provide exceptional service to our customers. So NRC becomes really a back-end national presence, hence National Record Centers, a back-end right. presence for a local entity who could potentially get to bid or have an opportunity to look at a job that includes multiple cities, uh, more national coverage, those kind of things. That's correct. That's correct. And so... You know, and- yeah, go ahead. Well, and and so I guess the the question becomes that comes at from a local level, but are you as NRC headquarter are you also out actively looking for national contracts and accounts and those kind of things as well? Uh, yes, that's, that's was just going to get to that. We we also do that. We do provide uh, sales and marketing support, and you know we are out trying to to secure new business through you know the RFP process and and working with some of the local agents that have these, these needs as well. So the, being a member of National Record Centers, uh, even though you may not have a particular customer or prospect in your market that has national you know, needs, right. uh, you, as a member you could just sort of get new business brought to you because of contracts that we've signed, agreements. Because of that, is there sort of different levels of membership within the organization such that it would seem like if you have multiple local record centers in one market, is there preferential to one or another, or how does that all work? Well, if there are two levels of membership in, in national record centers. Uh, we refer to them as affiliates yeah. and agents. And affiliates are essentially, when, when NRC was formed, it was, it's, it's owned by a group of our members that are stockholders in the company. Got it. Okay. So these equity players, when they first started, was only stockholders, but as we expanded and we grew, uh, we needed additional, you know, members to cover certain markets. So, what what developed from that was two classifications of membership and affiliates, which were originally originally are stockholders. Not all stockholders now, but affiliates actually pay a membership and marketing fee for their market. For that, they they have a first right of refusal on any business that comes to that market. Okay, and then. In addition to that, we have what are called agents. And the agents, they don't pay a marketing fee or membership fee. They do pay a little higher commission to us, uh, and that's where we get our revenue stream from is sort of a discount on what's billed to the customer. So we discount that in our payments to them. And that's where we, we, how we operate. So the agent pays a little bit higher, but there's no monthly membership and marketing fees that they ever pay, and they don't have a protected market. So it tends to be that the larger players and the big um, metropolitan areas are our affiliates, and the smaller players in the secondary and tertiary markets are more likely agents. Okay, got it. And, and that's how it works, because the volume in the tertiary, the secondary and tertiary markets isn't typically as great as it is in the primary. Uh, right. Right. Okay. Okay. So... 
tell me a little bit more of your story as it relates to NRC. So maybe before NRC, before NRC was a part of your existence, and we'll get back and talk about that. But uh, I know you're a longtime industry guy, but where did it all start for you? It started for me uh, working for a moving and storage company in Manhattan that did primarily office moving. And, you know, as many off-site document storage companies started, they sprouted off of right. moving and storage businesses. And um, <clears throat> my focus was on the document storage side of it. And so we, you know, we broke it apart. Uh, we were actually in Manhattan because we serviced uh, metropolitan New York City. And this was a family business? This was a family business, okay. yes. cool. And so we... we at some point in the mid-90s, we broke it off because we couldn't compete being in Manhattan, as you can imagine, with the real estate class. Right. And we moved our facilities out to New Jersey and uh, started. Uh, that's when our company really took off was when we moved to suburban, the metropolitan New York, and really could compete from a, from a, a cost standpoint. Right. And it grew until about 2006, the end of 2006, when I sold the business. And stayed with the company I sold it to for about 18 months and then sort of took a, a long vacation. <laughs> right. <laughs> a much-deserved well, well yeah. yes. Yeah. And then uh, it was after that, it was about a year and a half ago that I uh, started. The, the, I kept in touch with people in the industry. Yeah. I've always enjoyed the industry. And I had a lot of friends and connections through National Record Centers because I was one of the original shareholders when it was formed. I was actually part of the consortium back in the late 90s. So um, uh, you know, those relationships, they came back to me. and I had uh, a need for somebody to run the company at that point. And so it was in September of 2010 that I started started with National Records Center. So it's not like you were stepping into a brand new world for you in, in terms of, I, I realize you had run a record center, but as an original uh, member of the NRC, it, it was a very comfortable place for you to connect with. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Uh, a lot of the members were friends of mine. Yeah. Uh, a lot, so it was uh, it was a very comfortable place to, to step back into, and, and it's exciting to to work within it now. Having been a member, it's it's fun to to try and help make it grow. Yeah, I can only imagine when you got the call the first time from whoever called you. Was it kind of oh my goodness, like yeah, or was it, I, nah, that, that just doesn't feel right. Or, or was there any kind of personal emotional uh, reaction to being asked to run NRC when it happened? I was excited, but I was also, you know, with, with everything I do, I think there's always that I'm, I'm, I'm always sort of analyzing right. what, are the, what are the pros and cons, but it was an exciting thing for me. I mean, I felt very enthused about doing it. Um, it would get me back into the industry, which I, I really wanted to do, yeah. um, although I don't know if it was the right time to get back in by opening another record center, right. um, having done that already. But uh, this was the, to me, it was the perfect match. Yeah. To be able to, to function and, and be involved in the industry it was, it was good. Oh, I, I, I think it's so cool that you're, you're back in and doing what it is you're doing. A question that comes to me, because you actually were involved in that process of being acquired, the acquisitions have continued to happen across the industry. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, certain organizations that purchased groups got rolled up into other ones and 
cor- currently we see Cornerstone and Access and RetrieveX, uh, and you know the bigger the bigger players also continue to do acquisitions. So, what's your perspective now on acquisitions? Because you live in a different world now than you used to. You used to, in a runner records center, you actually sold it, but now you live in an organization that that really represents the little guy. Correct. That's correct. Yes. So what's your what's your sense about the effects of the continual roll-ups on the industry? For us personally, you know, for for our entity, it it obviously creates some issues for us because as these things get rolled up, you often have to make changes. Yeah. And it's typically not, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's a necessary thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's something that I don't think is going to end anytime soon. Um all the players that you mentioned there, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of those are are private equity backed, and I think that you know there there's time frames where they're going they're going to be in the industry, yeah, and get out or recapitalize. That does change the landscape of of our, our industry, but I do believe I think there's always going to be a need for an organization like National Record Center because not everybody's going to get bought, right, um, right, I, and. Uh, you know, there's always going to be a need. I don't, I don't think, and this is not any criticism, but I think that any large, large corporations tend not to be very nimble on their feet just right. because of the sheer size. Yeah. I think that's just a, 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 a fact. Yeah. And uh, so, for small players, they can be. There are, there are needs out there for uh, service providers that can be very, very uh, you know, responsive to customer needs. And and that's what we can provide. Right. We can still provide it through, uh, you know, we can still provide it on a nationwide basis. Is what, what but with nimble footprint. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting only because, you know, your affiliates and agents tend to be in, you know, small independents. And as the acquisitions happen, it's like a piece of the foot gets, you know, or a piece of the <laughs> footprint gets pulled out of play. And the toe. Yeah, toe here and a and a finger yep. over there, and that right. that's a that's a part of the reality of of where you live every day, and it's part of the reality of the industry that I see. It yep. uh, it's there, and then they're gone. And last week I announced on the show three acquisitions that you know cleaned out three companies last week. Um, mm-hmm. So it it's an ongoing, never ending part of this industry. It seems, and because I think the independent is a valuable commodity. It's a whole lot easier to buy that than to necessarily go and grow it on your own. So it's something obviously that that I think you and and the board must deal with on a regular basis. So we do, and and we've written our agreements with our agents and affiliates to to handle that situation. Oh, okay. Um, so we've got everything. You know, contractually we're pretty sound. It's just a matter of you know when it happens. It's you know it's work, and we've got to make transitions, and and, and we get through it. Yeah. But, uh, We'd rather keep everything the status quo, but you know, can't always do that. Yeah. So a year and a half ago, you, you came back to NRC in the role of president and CEO. So tell me what's been your focus since you arrived or kind of where, where are you trying to take the organization? I, I know you work with a board of directors and an entire group, but where's the direction? Where, where are you headed? Well, it's funny. The board is very involved, and they've been very helpful in, in helping me get up to speed with the organization. Right. Um, what, I, what I've been doing is trying to put in new controls internally. Obviously, a big part of what we do is, is an accounting aspect. 
Okay. Because uh, we bill our customers. Our, our agents and affiliates bill us and we bill our customers. Right. So, um, and it's a, it's sort of an, an unusual format. It's not something you can go out and find a, a piece of software like in, there are offering our industry off the shelf and just turn the key and, and right. the way it goes and it starts billing. So I'm working on some internal changes from software standpoint and development to get streamline those operations and make that more efficient. In addition, we do have one of the services we provide to our customers is a, is a national uh, database where we have the collections of our customers in the different markets and the different affiliates and agents uh, all under one, one national database. And we created a a mechanism for that information to flow up to that national database. And we're refining that now and working on some developments to help interface with some of our customers right. so that uh, you know, their internal applications can be, can be uh, integrated into that. So you know, we're working on ways of enhancing the service to provide more value to uh, our customers and, and prospects. Right. So I guess that's where what really our focus is, because our, our focus is to want to grow the company and get more sales our market share. So. Right. So as you survey the evolving landscape in the rim world, you, you have an interesting perspective on it now, but it seems like boxes on shelves are still where the big money is, but it also seems like it's not the front-end focus anymore. I, I know a couple of years ago, Richard Reese spoke at uh, the PRISM conference and talked about uh, paper, at least from their perspective, is no longer the entry sale uh, from that high look perspective that he might take on it. How do you see what's going on in the industry and the evolution of what's happening? You know, it's funny, you you, may mention that because that tends to be the perception. And I think in certain cases, yes, and in certain, I think certain companies that are very, very strong on the, say, electronic side of things, uh, where where imaging is sort of their, their primary product or service that they sell, they find that you know the hard copy storage comes with it whenever you get in there. Right. Um, but by and large, and at least in the landscape that we have, um, uh, you know, we don't do just hard copy storage. But in the hard copy storage area, that is that is the the lion's share of our of our revenue. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of that business that comes our way for on an RFP basis or just from it, it's really they're strictly talking about hard copy storage. Right. The digital side is a whole different thing that they're doing. Right. Uh, and they bid it out separately. But we do provide, NRC members do provide, not just hard copy storage, but, but all those other services, you know, data rotation and backup, and yeah. data destruction, and, you know, the whole, the whole gamut. And we have some customers that they're nothing but vault tape rotation services or nothing but shredding services. So we kind of cover all the bases there. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, no, I, I but, think you yeah. did. It is the reality truly changing our boxes on shelves, hard copy storage, and related peaking? Uh, is there lots of growth to go? You know, where is where is the future in this? Right, right. Well, I think, um, you know, it's funny, you, you, you named Richard Reese, but I remember a couple of years ago in Daytona listening to John Kenny oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. give a talk, and it was a very interesting talk. I learned a lot from him. He's a brilliant person. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it really is he did describe how the the growth in new hard copy storage was diminishing, but it's still growing. Right. And and it's probably going to continue to grow for some time into the next decade, from what I remember of that talk. So, yeah. 
and you know the electronic side of things was growing rapidly. Right. Uh, and there too, we're going to converge at some point. But I think there's still, I, I I believe he's right, and I think there's still you know quite a quite a bit of time left there for this industry to continue on its natural growth, uh, even though it may be lesser as time goes on. So if you had a crystal ball. And I know that none of us do, but if you had one and you could imagine what a NRC member or a, a small independent records information management company would look like in 10 years, what do you think it might look like? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I, I've thought about it a lot. And, and it's interesting to me because I, I don't think, like you just said, paper's necessarily going away that quickly. It's still the best uh, storage media of all, it seems to right. me. Uh, so I don't think it's going away, but I think there's been so much evolution in the digital side of things recently that I, I sometimes wonder and go, well, what will a record center look like 10 years from now? It's right. easy Correct. to see it three years, but 10 years out is a significant amount of time in a in a digital uh, world that's evolving at a very, fairly rapid pace. Well, I, I would say this. If, if you're in the hard copy business right now, uh, I think one of the things you need to do over the next year, two, 10 years and sooner rather than later, is develop the ability to provide document conversion services, right? You know, i.e. imaging and so on, because that is an area that is growing, and it does go hand-in-hand hand with the hard copy storage side of things. And I think you need to develop that side of your business and grow that side of your business, because if you don't, over the long term, uh, I think you'll be left behind, you know, and, or unless you obviously an exit strategy and right. get out of this certain point. But right. if you're going to be in the business and be an independent in the next uh, 10 years, I think that's a, an area of your business you certainly need to grow. And I'm not talking about vault storage and tape rotation, because I think that's an area that's sort of flattening out right now. Yeah. But but the digital side of, of, right. of converting media, of converting hard copy to, to digital form and, uh, and, and housing and storing that, Yeah. If you think now about going back when you started Eagle Business Archives, uh, if you go back in your mind to that point, with all you know now, what might you have done differently back then? <laughs> uh, that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good question. I guess, you know, I may have started into the imaging side of business like I just described earlier on. Right. We were, we were doing it at the time that I sold the business, um, but I probably would have been uh, uh, experienced even higher growth had I started it, say, in the late 90s or so, earlier on. So that uh, that was an area that I think um, gained a lot of traction, you know, in the early part of the last decade. Right. And uh, we, could have, we could have really capitalized on that. So I guess that's, that's the one area that I would have uh, focused my efforts. Somebody comes to you and says, "Should I get in the game?" What do you tell them? If you have, you got to have a lot of capital to right. get in the game. Right. And uh, you know, uh, timing is everything. Um, you know, it depends on what your goals are. Um, this is a, probably a tougher time if you just want to start up. There's uh, a very competitive landscape. It's somewhat mature. There's a lot of roll-ups going on right now. There's probably a, a bubble right now where prices are sort of a premium. Yeah. Uh, it was that way a few years ago. It was that way a few years before that. And it was in a big way in the late 90s. Right. Um, 
And I'm not sure if that'll that'll occur again, but probably still will be acquisitions taking place. So, uh, you know, you have to do you'd have to do a financial model and see whether or not. And I think if you were going to get into it now, probably you, unless you've got family you want to hand it over to, probably most people will have an exit strategy of some sort. Right. If they're getting into the business now. Yeah. I appreciate your your wisdom and your perspective. I I think it's one thing to have been a record center owner, rim service operator, but it's quite another to have stepped into a leadership role in an organization that touches so many what you call affiliates and agents as well as customers across the country. So it's it's really interesting to me to hear what you have to say and, and how you're thinking about it all. So a couple of personal questions, because I, I hate to finish a call like this without some personal questions. So if you're stuck on a desert island and you've got your iPod in your pocket and it can only play one disc or one artist, who is it? <laughs> I, that's a hard question because I like such a variety of music. I don't know that I have a, any particular favorite. So no. I don't any know how I any kind of style that you would go for? Are, are you? Well, a, if I was stuck on a desert island, I'm not quite sure. I'd probably want something smooth and relaxing because uh, you know. I, uh, <laughs> or some depressing stuff because you're on a desert island. Stuck. That's right. <laughs> Maybe some blues. That's it. Um, <laughs> there you go. So if you could have done anything else with your life other than, you know, being a moving business in the records business and now in leadership in a records business, if you could have done anything else, any other profession in your life, uh, what other profession might you have chosen? Well, before I got into this industry, I wasn't a, I was in a different, uh, different area. Oh, okay. And, uh, uh, my, my background put me into the scientific instrument industry. Really? And I was in that, yeah, I was in that for about 12 years before I got involved into family business you know and that was in the sciences and i've always enjoyed that i i kind of miss that business so you and, you uh, tinker you, in chemistry in your garage uh no, no but i do uh i do i do keep marine fish in my house I, and, oh really uh, so that that provides me with that outlet of uh making sure i can maintain those well so you know i'm also a, a, a private pilot too so I, I enjoy flying and that you know between instrumentation and so on that sort of oh uh, yeah keeps my mind going a lot so uh, uh, engineering and science and so on has been sort of uh, a passion of mine since you know since I was young so uh, that's I guess if I was to do something else I'd probably go back to what I was doing before wonderful well Michael it has been a pleasure I appreciate the time you've spent I appreciate the uh, perspective and thanks for for spending the time to share what you're doing at NRC and where you're going well, Tom, I appreciate it very much, and uh, thanks for asking me to participate. I hope uh, hope what I've shared with you might be helpful to whoever your audience is. All right. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks. Well, there you have it. Another great show. Thanks to uh, Michael for spending some time with us, taking the time to share his perspective, his knowledge, his story 
I know Michael's a very busy guy with all that's going on at NRC these days, so I'm glad he could spend some time with us. And to you as well, thanks for being with us this week. I'm excited about the next couple of shows coming along the way. More great stories, more great conversations that I plan on sharing with you in the days and weeks ahead. I'm going to remind you that sponsorship of the show is graciously provided by our good friends at O'Neill Software. They've got technical support and customer service you can count on. This includes coverage regionally in the Americas, Europe, Middle East, Africa, as well as throughout Asia Pacific region. Great stuff, great product, great software, and a great team to support you there. You can check them out yourself at O'Neillsoft.com. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Don't forget to get your loved ones a little treat on Tuesday. Have yourself a great weekend and a great Valentine's Day week, and we'll catch up with you next week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.